0: You're tuned into to Fans, a popped-off production. the Casual fans home for Overwatch League news. Coming at you from Tampa, Florida, I'm Alura Moore. I'm Hallard. And before we begin, we just want to remind you to please subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcast and the various podcasting platforms. It helps us a lot. It supports us and lets us know that you guys are listening. And now we're just going to jump right in. Alrighty. Yeah. So, this weekend, we had... Four games between four teams and they did not all play each other. Right? Florida did not get and Washington never played one another. And Houston and um the fusion never played one another.
1: But we did get to see a lot of interaction, which was which was interesting. And it almost ended up feeling like a tournament because you had the two losers and the two winners of both days play each other on the second day. That's true. It was it was a good way to get a barometer of what the Atlantic South minus Atlanta feels like.
0: Sure. Yeah. So um, let's just kick it off with day one. We had Florida versus Houston, and we had mm-hmm. Washington versus Philly. And
1: Yeah, so Florida versus um, Houston felt really good as a Florida fan. We basically dominated them. That's true. Um, it was very overwatch (laughs) um which was exasperated by a billion pauses
0: that's true Um,
1: first real oh hey this is the homestand and technology isn't going to be always working great um feeling but it 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 showed interesting comps um yeah it was kind of a microcosm of the weekend um, or not maybe not a microcosm but like it was it was its own separate thing right um these two teams loved brig and no other teams have loved brig as much as these two teams so far in the overwatch league it's true um they had different ideas to how brig should be integrated into a lineup um Houston played them at uh, brig. Brigitte as a flex support so they ran a Lucio Brig comp where um the Mayhem liked to play Brigitta as a main support which you saw which is a lot more common even in the other weekends when Brig did show her face on certain points right um you would see Brig Anna was a lot more common um and that's that's how uh Florida chose to play Brig and they both played Brig almost 100% near the end of Houston just getting dominated. They did fiddle with Deanna last right. minute. Um, but otherwise, it was almost 100% for kita So, it, it made for an interesting matchup that Florida just kind of ran away with. Um, yeah. BQB, Yaki, Gangnamjin, Gargoyle, like, these players just basically had free reign over the Houston Outlaws, and we... Outside, a bit of a spook on Junkertown. Or not Junkertown, Havana. Havana, um, yeah. Pretty much pretty much, just utter domination from from the Florida boys. And a really good debut, especially for our rookies Gang Gangnamjit and Yaki. So overall a good showing. And then Philly versus Houston.
0: Uh-uh, uh, Philly a versus Washington.
1: Ah, uh, Washington. <laughs> Philly versus Washington was a lot of fun. Um, closer than the scoreline shows, even That's though it true. was 3-1, like you had to have a crazy carpe clutch to keep them from going to a map five. Yeah. Um, it did, it did feel, feel pretty tight. Um, Roar basically got dominated the entire match. You really, you, you felt the weaknesses of Roar and Sato looked really strong. Um, as a result, Sato just almost never lost the Reinhardt duel
0: yeah. all weekend. Spoiler. Sato was playing really well compared um, to what he was doing yeah, last year. Yeah, I was,
1: I was surprised. Um, I've been one of the biggest Sato haters all of last year. I'll be the first to admit it. But this weekend, Sato was easily the, uh, the best main tank in Philadelphia. Um, we saw Poco over Fury, which was a shock, I think, to a lot of people. Um, but I think that's one of the benefits of being the Philadelphia Fusion, right? You have probably two top five off-tanks and you just kind of get to choose who's hotter at any given day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so apparently that was Poco. Which is great. And it I mean it there was for... nothing bad to say about Poco. He looked, nope. he looked he looked good. Um but yeah, made for made for some fun fun matches and set us up for losers versus losers and winners versus winners um on Sunday.
0: Yeah. So before we move on to Sunday, I just want to sort of, you mentioned the fact there were lots of pauses in the Florida versus Houston game, Yes. which, uh, really seemed like it was more than it should have been. Um, yeah, a couple of, a couple of things happening. Sure. But I feel like there was five or six of them. None of them were short. All of them required an actual break to get over it. Mm -hmm. It was too much. They really, they really should have had that kind of thing worked out. Um, I know that this is homestands. I know it's not the exact same people setting up these systems, right? But right. the past two years, they've been setting up these systems. There's no reason there shouldn't be like a book written on it. Like, listen, set up these systems in this way and they work, mm-hmm. you know? And then they are supposed to have it set up in advance so all the players can come in and test their gear and make sure it's all working. Right. And then that should be the time when they catch any of these weird things. Now, I know certain things won't show up until you play the game and put strain on the system, but usually mm-hmm. if it's that kind of a system, that kind of a thing, you have to put strain on a system to make this happen, then usually it's only a one time thing as you go, oh, we strained it, you know, they they had to take a whole monitor out because something went wrong with the monitor. That's that kind of thing might happen, but not that kind of thing and then five other obscure little things that just doesn't make yeah. sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm really concerned about what's going on in that kind of aspect i also want to talk a little bit about the production here because saturday and sunday both especially in the beginning watch point pre-show time um i feel like it got a little better as the nights went on both nights but both nights it started as not good at all cutting off mm-hmm. uh Zoe and the desk with commercial breaks um the first night they went tried to cut her off with a commercial break, and then bring that commercial break, turn it off, and let her finish her sentence, which was very jarring. Um, the yeah. second night, I will give them this one modicum of improvement. When they cut her off, they didn't bring her back, which is honestly better. Mm. You know, we cut you yeah. off. We're not going to come back and let you finish your sentence because that mm-hmm. feels uncomfortable. And they were right. Um, but it looked like they were just... St- so this confused me a little bit, um, because it looked like they were ready to start the stonks and donks on Sundays pre-show before mm-hmm. they cut her off with the, um, with the whatever it is with the with commercial the break, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they came back and they ran the stonks and donks graphic over again and sounded like they just had. Re- so I wonder if some of the pre-show isn't pre... I wonder if the pre-show isn't pre-recorded, which makes this even worse.
1: No, it's definitely live. It's definitely live?
0: Yeah. Okay. Because uh, it, it sounded like she said the same thing again and the same way, but I know some people are just really good at delivering scripted. the same way. Right. Yeah. That I know that should be scripted. So it just seemed really odd that they would have even had that as scripted there for her to speak about if they weren't mm-hmm. going to do it until they came back that just feels really odd and, and that's a con- that's the control environment that's the area where the broadcast really ought to be the worst or the best yeah and it really feels definitely. like the space where the broadcast is the worst i feel mm-hmm. like the casters don't get cut off nearly as bad as they do no they'll do
1: a toss and then the graphic plays you know right. like it doesn't i don't understand why everything's working so well there and then you get to the desk and it it feels like they're on opposite sides or different planets even.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. It really makes very little sense to me. I have very little patience for it as well. It's mm-hmm. annoying. And it, it may be it may be soe or the desk's fault. They may be going over time because I know for the stuff like the desk, they are on a Maybe. clock and they have to stick to mm-hmm. that clock. That's how those kinds of things work. Well, typically in normal broadcast, which is what I imagine they want to wind up on is a television right. broadcast again this year. But Mm-hmm. They are online, and as long as they're online, I would just ring them out later and wait to do the the s- promo spots until they t- do the handoff. Mm-hmm. And, 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 ugh, I'm really frustrated with it, and then the other, and then on Saturday they went to do a handoff and waited for a really long time before the promo spot finally ran. it's yep. super frustrating. There's no reason for this, and it mm-hmm. makes me just sort of wonder if like. I tweeted this. I said, Pete, did you just fire your entire production team and hire a bunch of people who have never done this before? Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. It feels like we've hired a bunch of people who have never done this before. It's not it's, good.
1: It does feel like that. It doesn't feel like we have the same production team as we had the past couple of years. This was never an issue. This was never an issue before now.
0: Right. So now, I don't know because we really we do see a handful of the people behind the scenes get out and be vocal but as far as the production team as a whole we really don't see that so i haven't seen anything about yeah. whether or not that's the case or not but i'm beginning mm. to feel like it is the case and it's mm-hmm. really annoying yep then we moved into sunday and sunday's games were a lot less close than saturday's games no we- lots
1: of three overwatch lots of three overwatch um so houston Made a couple changes, really. Um, I guess I kind of want to just diagnose Houston. Because um, they tried to bring in Repel. They played Repel very similarly to how we ended up playing Byroom, um, Is They brought him in on control and had him play Baptiste. So okay. you've been seeing that a lot over the um, past couple weekends as well. Is that Baptiste is being played as a flex support. Um, and you're often seeing teams kind of have a Baptiste player um so they br- they brought in rappel as their baptiste which is honestly how titans used that used him in stage four of last year so it was right. probably somewhere where he's kind of comfortable um and then they just brought Rockus back in and i don't know what he was playing because by the time Rockus was back in i was driving to the um watch party for the mayhem game so i was only listening right and they didn't really talk about Rockus too much um but it see, it went sort of better for them for a little bit on control, um, but then they go to the um, the escort map, which I believe was Junkertown. again. wasn't watching, but listening. Right. But you have a big problem in Houston um, with your deep with their DPS line, and it it feels like their issue with Jake all over again now with Blase um blasé was brought on as a leadership figure right they were losing jake who was basically their leader and then they bring on blasé but blasé seems to have the exact same problems that jake used to have and that he's not as good as the other dps players on the team but you need his leadership so your your team's gonna throw if they don't have him because nobody's leading the team but if you have him you're gonna go to junkertown and you're not going to have a Widowmaker to challenge Corey, and Corey is just going to decimate your entire team, and there's nothing that your team can do about right. it. Right. So it's it's a really rough situation for Houston once again because um, that's the only reason that I can think that you would play Blase over someone like Linkser. And then you have Linkser going to Twitter and saying things like, I don't have the flu, guys. I'm just bad, LOL. Like... <laughs> Really, really, really bad situation when your player takes to that. This is this is something I expect out of the Dallas Fuel, right? <laughs> this doesn't feel very Houston Outlaws. So now you have the same old Houston Outlaws problems, with now with a touch of Dallas Fuel in it as well. Um, oh, terrible man. start for for the Houston Outlaws, and I'm very very concerned about their their flex support situation as well as their uh, their hit scan DPS. Because where's where's Dante? Where's where's Linkser? Like both of these players should be in first. I would expect if you need Blase, have Blase have the play the May, like he's yeah. a projectile player. He's always been a projectile player. Like play Blase over hydration, and then play Dante or Linkser, please. Who has some flexibility in the hit scan role? Because if you can't do that, you're I'm, I'm, they play Boston next week, and I'm worried about that game. Like, yeah. it's, it should be a good show of who's the worst team in the Overwatch League, and <laughs> I would I would be inclined to say it, that's Houston unless something changes, because at least Boston's got Color X.
0: Yeah. yeah, that so. doesn't look good for Houston at all right now. Yeah. Um, but it does look really good for the Philadelphia Fusion, which is unfortunate for us Mayhem fans.
1: Yeah, so... I kind of want to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Diagnose the mayhem a little bit more than talk about the match. Um, Overall, just the further you went into the series, the worse it looked for mayhem. It was close at the start, and then every map kind of petered off more and more. If you're talking about Um, more of
0: the same from Houston Outlaws, it felt like more of the same from the mayhem for this particular game where we've had our strong starts, and then we sort of fizzle out because we didn't start as strong as we wanted to. That's true. Yep
1: um definitely more of that like we kind of got into our heads almost as as the series went on yeah um but a lot of the issues that were kind of were present in houston's in the houston game but were never capitalized on but like concerns i had watching it you definitely got to see the philadelphia fusion capitalizing on those and really pointing out those weaknesses in the florida mayhem while even shutting down some of our strengths so, the strengths that were shut down, just to mention them real quick, were like Yaki and Gangnam Jin had a lot less impact. Um, Ivy's counter walls for everything that um, Yaki tried to do were really, really excellent. and just by the end, Yaki felt lost and desperate because um, he, he couldn't he couldn't do anything that he was trying to do. Right. And Gangnam Jin was just kind of silent the whole game while alarm was really just popping off. So, a rough round for our two rookies where they were heavy presences in the first game so yeah. i think it's where a lot of the lost confidence went um although bqb and gargoyle both played excellently i think throughout the whole series um yeah i i want to go back and watch the um the point c of blizzard world where they literally don't go put the camera on bqb a single time when he switches the widowmaker but he's popping off in the kill feed. Like, he's he's best in Carpe almost every single time when Carpe's on Widowmaker. Like, he my boy. That's wild. Really reckon some people. And Gargoyle looked great. But um, a big issue for us was Carion. um, he's got that finger glued to the S key, man. Like, Oof. I don't... And Reinhardt is such a, um, a presence character it's
0: if you're pulling back your root ru- you're ruining his yeah purpose. there's
1: there's so many mind games right like you think of like people talk about the reinhardt mind games and that that comes a lot to to using the earth shatter but honestly a lot of it is you have to have the enemy reinhardt feel like they need to be at least scared of you a little bit you know so you could kind of jockey back and forth for space like there needs to be a bit of an imposing presence from your play and Karyan had none of it. Honestly, like, most of the time, he would just find a small corner of a point and then just stand there. He'd never try to push in and take more space yeah. after that. He would just do the bare minimum, and then the second when that Philadelphia Fusion started to push onto them, he, he, would, he would start backing up. Like, when we lost point A of Blizzard World, that was almost purely just we backed up and backed up and backed up until we weren't on the point. Um... Which is sad because we're playing this Brigitte comp and the idea of a Brigitte comp should be... to push forward, worst. push forward. You shouldn't be pressing S and not even pushing forward. You should you should be standing still, letting the enemy team push into you and then you're controlling space with your Brig, with your stuns and your whip and everything, right? That's that's the idea of, of, of a Brig comp. You're like almost almost like what GOATS was back in the day except GOATS would run over teams. But like it was an idea of, if someone pushes into you they're gonna be in for a bad time right um that's that's how this how, how why you would want Brigitta. but instead of letting them push into us and then just kind of brawling we would we, we would fall back which what, what is brigitte gonna do when she can't even hit the enemy team because they keep backing up she's gonna do, she's nothing. Gonna do nothing so i, I think karion was a was a really big issue for us in his passivity um, a lot of times it, he got cut off from our team a lot. His angles he was taking w- were weird. Um, definitely showed a lot of inexperience at that sort of level.
0: Yeah.
1: So didn't, didn't love his play. Um, and then the other big problem that I've already touched on is the Brigitte. Um, but that, I don't know if that says problems with the coaching staff or problems with Chris. Um, it might be a mix of both because either this is legitimately what our coaching staff thought was the best was Brigitte is the best for the meta. And that's why Chris was on it. And Chris's Brigitte looked fine. I only saw him feed once all weekend. Otherwise his positioning was generally good. He had some good stuns. Um, He was very aware of where the enemy snipers and hit scan were, and were shielding some key shots when he was in vulnerable positions. Um, there were times when there would be a um, an enemy diva bomb and he would shield his hit scan or whoever he happened to be near, like Young Namjian, and give them that extra little bit of protection with this shield. So he made some good plays. But I'm concerned if this was really just a coaching staff decision or it was Chris's Lucio is not good. We need to do something different because we're gonna lose this matchup no matter what. Right. Mm um yeah. kind of like people used to say like don't play goats in this sh- into um titans and vancouver because right? it just doesn't or work that's, that's the same team Shut. yeah um, <laughs> but like it de- like try to do something different like is it that scenario where like chris's lucio is just so outmatched um i don't like that i'm in the situation where i have to question that right but like the- there's just a lot of question marks on why we did this when nobody else was like right what about our scrims led us to this decision? Were we literally just scrimming the Houston outlaws? And if we were, how did we come to two different decisions on how breaks should be played? It's very, it's odd. It's a very odd thing for both teams, Our the Brigitte usage. And it makes you question the coaching staff a lot. Luckily, we've had no meltdowns on Twitter. Um, That's true. So I feel a lot more positive than I fe- feel about the Florida mayhem. Um, I feel a lot more positive about the Florida mayhem than I do for the Houston outlaws. Um, and I think this match could be a very good game for us because I think if we just had that Houston game and that was it, I think we would have left the weekend with overconfidence that we shouldn't have had. Yep. Where this is a one of those, it, it's like a good early anime battle, right? <laughs> um, you, yeah. You you feel like you're this this hero, you're this, this good team, you're finally got it all together, and then. You meet this team that just ma- outmatches you in every sort of aspect. Um, the rookies get put into your place. You kind of—it's—you you meet someone who's just better than you, right? Um, but now you get the week off next week. you, you have some time to consider what just happened. And how can we, how can we learn from this and how can we get better? So, and I think this is going to say a lot about the Florida mayhem is how we adjust after losing to the Philadelphia fusion. Cause I do think there is a lot of potential for this team. Um, but it's going to be, can the coaching staff, but can the players themselves bring themselves to meet that?
0: Yeah, I agree with that a lot. And honestly, um, on top of that, it really does look like Philadelphia is one of the better teams in the league in general. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, yeah. there are plenty of teams we haven't seen play yet, so there's lots of room for mm-hmm. that to change. Um, but they looked very good. They looked very clean. Top five, for sure. Right, And um, and honestly, that's we expected Florida to sort of be in the middle of the pack. 8, maybe 10, 12, somewhere in that range. Right right smack mm-hmm. dab in the middle. I This is about how I expect a rank 8 team to play against a Rank five team, you know, because those top fives are hard to get to.
1: Yeah, I expect us to take a map, but control was close. Control was really close. Took it, so um,
0: just like a stray icicle
1: and Lucio shot to Yaki's head. Yeah, about the difference between us winning and
0: losing that. So. Yeah, so I just, all all things considered, I don't think we can be super upset about where we're at. Anyways, we had a really oh, yeah. good turnout against the Outlaws, and the Outlaws do not, like you said, they don't look good. Yeah. But, we're not dumpster tier. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We're I so, think outlaws are some of the bo- I think outlaws are gonna be starting to fill up our bottom tier as we look yeah. at our at our rankings and things like that. And I think mm-hmm. that Florida showed up and said, look, look at us. We are clearly and decisively above the bottom tier. Yeah and I think that's 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 what we needed this year. We needed that more yeah. than we more than we need playoffs, as much as I want us want to see playoffs for Florida, which would be amazing. But mm-hmm. we really needed to go Hey, guys, we are not the worst. We're just not, and you can't call us the worst. And yep. that feels so good right now. We'll see mm-hmm. how it looks going forward. But um, yeah. for right now, that's where we're at, and I'm happy with it.
1: Yeah, decent start with Room to Grow.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's a good to, spot.
1: Things to be excited about. This shouldn't be a season of just the, uh, the, the presso espresso, right? Like that's right. Should, <laughs> there's there's <laughs> things to be excited about in,
0: yeah. in the South. Um, Before we move on to our next thing, I also want to spend a minute and talk about um, the Mayhem's graphics team and their social media stuff because we didn't talk about talking about that, but we need to talk about that because holy moly, Anthony, Thibble, Dom, you guys put together some great stuff. And Bluebell, I think, is the other person. And Bluebell, yeah. Bluebell also animated these graphics for, when, for like, sure she
1: said she's doing short time work and she's the one who's doing the moving graphics for like announcing our starting six i think like I, no no shade to anthony but that's the best graphics we've put out
0: i ever. think it's a combination of the two i think anthony's yes. making the primary p elements and bluebell's and then she's animating like them
1: yeah. yeah
0: um which holy is, cow yeah I, I, i'm <laughs> not sure that that constitutes a full-time gig but a, a long-term part-time gig i think it at least constitutes Hey, yeah, it's, you know, put 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 motion in these, make them make them that much cooler, that much ahead. Yeah, I really been
1: incredible. Yeah,
0: I really yeah. really liked their um, sports cards graphics. I'm not sure how else to yes, describe it. Yes, that
1: too. Yeah. So
0: I just want to talk about that for a second here because mm. um, I'm always looking for reasons to say that we need to move to home and away formats, and here's a great one. Because mm. in social media, they really have to pick the best of the best moments to try and put those cards out. Yes. And they did, and it looked good, and it was mm. very well done. But in a live environment where you can have access to an extra screen just for that, which they could do if they were playing home games half of the season, they could mm-hmm. set that up the way that they wanted it to, those would be so awesome to be yes. able to have that running. Um, yep. Yep. I, I really wanna see that. I wanna see that kind of a thing happen. I think that would be really cool. The fans interacted mm-hmm. with it really great. Um and honestly, even they they even had a funny some funny ones for people who regularly interact with the mayhem um for yeah. crook. Um yep. which is so always like some
1: some big like overwatch just personalities, like owl yeah. personalities in general. Right. So
0: Which is a lot of fun, you know? Yeah to get to have I some. I mean that
1: that tweet, like shut up, crook, got like 1.5k likes
0: like it was it was <laughs> nice and so fast it was well received <laughs> yes but um to to have something like that you know but for specific you know personalities um even for their players you know saya mm-hmm. headshot would be a cool one to see show up when he keeps getting dinks after dinks after dinks live in that stadium would be mm-hmm. super fun i would just have a blast with that i, I can't yeah. imagine anybody not having a blast with that mm-hmm. so um I just want to sort of say, uh, you know, Home and Away games are going to make stuff like that possible. And that kind of stuff is going to be awesome. So anybody who's mm. thinking that we need to not move to Home and Away games is wrong. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. You
1: really slipped that one in there. Yeah, sometime.
0: I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Wasn't that fun? Are you proud of me? <sighs> I'm proud of me. Maybe. <laughs> I'm proud of me. Um, so, Chinese games got canceled for the months of February and March but they have finally announced what they're going to do and hallelujah it is not online ca- online Thank events goodness. so many people were speculating that it looked that they were going to be online events and we had I think Shanghai put out a release that they quickly retracted saying mm-hmm. that they were going to be played online and the Overwatch yep. League said no, no 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 we're going to play them all in Seoul but we're going to play like 8 weeks worth of games in 2 weeks Yes, that's
1: gonna be. Ooh, Betty. it's gonna be brutal. Um, also, sucks for the um, Pacific East teams that they're gonna totally miss this um little grace period before um hero pools exist, they're gonna be thrown right into hero pools. Yeah, um, so maybe that'll benefit some teams but hurt some others. Um, we'll never really know because we didn't get to see what they look like beforehand, right? Um, but it, it's gonna be a lot um so it's going to take these games the makeup games are going to take place in week five six and seven um To give you context week one and two just happened right Right. so they're gonna have to make up for week two which would have been the purely pacific east home stands and then weeks three and weeks four which would have been pacific west visiting pacific east right um so they say they're going to intersperse some games into the Soul Homestand. So Soul Homestand is Week Five. Lucky fans, you're getting extra Overwatch. It right. looks Like, um, and then Week Six and Week Seven. I don't know if they're going to have live studios or how that's going to work, or they're just going to have a land environment. Still waiting for details, but they'll probably they're going to cram in some of those matches from Weeks Three and Week Four.
0: It's Blizzard. Um, they're going to try and find at least some way to sell some tickets to it. I mean,
1: yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know if because of it's so late they'll be able to do that sort of thing, but you, you would hope, right? Yeah. Um, But that comes out to what? Week 3, week 4, that's 1, 2, that's, that's a lot of games. <laughs> it's a lot of
0: games. It's like 30 out. games.
1: Yeah, 30 games total, and then cramming in 12, Six, I want to say 16 games are what you're cramming in. So it's like 16 games that you're missing on top of the however many games you already have, which adds up to like 30. So probably like another 16 or so, yeah. maybe 18.
0: It's nuts. So it's,
1: a, it's a lot. Um, they say it might not always be on Saturdays and Sundays, so we might get some weekday games. Doesn't matter. I probably wasn't going to stay up to watch any of these anyway. So just whenever the VODs hit, I'll try to watch them. Right. <laughs> but it's, good. it's going to be a lot of overwatch. Um, which is probably going to be weird after having a few weeks of not having a lot of Overwatch like this past weekend, right? You're going to go from nothing to a lot. Um,
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting too seeing how they put out um, information after the fact. I have a feeling that your best sort of digest is just going to be the Watchpoint post-show. But with us us getting really international, um, I'm really hoping to see a lot of content creators and other sort of podcasters and video people like what we do um, just sort of mm. show up and go hey my life says I get to stay up and watch the Asian games so I stayed up and watched the Asian games and here's what you need to know mm-hmm. you know whereas we'll sort of be hey our life says we get to stay up and watch the NA games so here's some of the NA games and what you need to know uh, Yep, it's just sort of going to be a little different but I think it'll be good and I'll be excited mm-hmm. to sort of find a good place to do to do a digest of what just happened yeah because we really don't have that for Overwatch at this point. We've never needed it. Because mm-hmm. you either could watch all of the games or you could go watch them later because of the way that they had it set up. So I think it would mm-hmm. be really well, great to find the You're going to have
1: it. the VODs now. So that's a thing. VODs yeah. are
0: basically instantaneous, which is super nice. <laughs> right. But not everybody wants to go back and watch a VOD after the game's over. Some of us just want to go see the yeah. highlights of the significant scorecards. Yep. So be interesting to do that fortunately we have the stats lab now though which should be helpful in some of that Mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to your 13 monitors (laughs) buddy so next week who's playing next week
1: so next week you're gonna have games in Washington, DC. It's gonna be Atlantic North visiting Atlantic South. So we're officially done with the two weeks of just interdivisional homestands. And we've now entered true? Home and away. <laughs> um where Not divisions true. are Put visiting But yeah. Um true as as far as the homestand model goes, I guess. Um so as an Atlantic South, like Florida Mayhem does not play next week, but for the next few weeks, four weeks, I want to say, um, we're only going to be playing Atlantic North teams, and in fact, this entire half of the season, we're only playing Atlantic Conference teams. Um, so there's there's some actually some exciting games this weekend. Okay. Um, I was only really excited about the Shanghai homestand and then it got canceled for the opening week. I wasn't expecting a lot out of these weekends um with like maybe the exception of like a couple of the fusion games. Um but now we really are starting to look like we're we're starting to get some good good matches. So literally the first match of the weekend is the New York Excelsior versus the Philadelphia Fusion. Oh, that's Both slick 2-0 coming out of their home stands and this is going to be a chance for them to prove just how good are these teams, right? They've, New York beat up some bottom-of-the-table teams. Philly beat up some bottom-mid-table teams. Now right. they're really going to have to prove themselves. How, how good are you? Um, and it, it should make for some exciting things. Will my criticism against New York stand up, or are they going to make me look like a fool once again for a third year in a row? Um, Sabo loves making you look like a fool. He does. But they don't like love the play Sabo. They love the play Nene, who makes himself look like a fool. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that should be some exciting matches. And there's honestly some other exciting games as well that I think are gonna you're gonna learn a lot about um, more of your middle of the pack. Um, you're also gonna learn about the bottom. I mentioned it before, but again, you have got your 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 dumpster match. Um, Boston Uprising versus Houston Outlaws should be a lot of fun to just see
0: who's the worst team in the Overwatch League. Tune in, or to suddenly um, find out that the Boston Uprising are very good.
1: Or, or yeah, because they only played against New York. So if New York are really just great, maybe Boston only looked that bad because right. New York's that good. Right. But we even no London looked looked okay against New York. Come on, Boston. <laughs> um, but you have some exciting games in the Eternal versus the Justice. Like Justice still looked all right. Um, even up against Philly, and yeah. Eternal dumpstered London, um, and looked okay against um, against Toronto, despite not having a flex tank at all. So they're going to have Hanbin of age, ready to play. Um, so it should be exciting to see Paris in their finaler, fi- not finalist, but finaler form. <laughs> These are good grammars. These are good um, grammars. Good grammars, but they still don't have sparkle but this this should be like a truer. truer this sh- this is going to be the this is second first half of the season right. eternal right you're not going to get your your sparkle eternal quite yet but this is this is a step in the right direction so they're only going to get stronger and have oh man more <laughs> have. So i'm excited to see them and then um defiant versus fusion should be interesting as well like we're considering <laughs> defiant to be mid table this is the chance for them to prove maybe they're even better than we think yeah. Um. So, I'm excited to see that match, and then the other two will probably just be sad, like Houston versus New York. Oof.
0: Yep, that'll but, be
1: sad. Um. There should be exciting games, and honestly, all of Saturday will be good. If you can just tune into one day, I'd probably recommend Saturday. All of Saturday's games should be good. I'm only expecting one good game on Sunday. Mm. So, there you go. That's, that's what I think. It should be, overall, a, a good homestand, though. I think one of if not the best one we've had yet
0: should be very exciting very exciting um before we go real quick um the chaos crew hosted some watch parties around town thank you to the chaos crew for hosting watch parties they do a great job including
1: tampa and opening weekend yeah three different cities and that must have been a lot um they treated us to lanes and special rooms at top golf which was probably a lot more of a financial investment for the Mayhem organization yeah. than the previous Buffalo Wild Wings homestands were. So <laughs> we appreciate yeah. the the love and support for sure. Um, for sure. And they had really cool merch as well. So there was actually some exclusive merchandise available for sale that has not hit the Fanatic store yet that's so right you probably can't see it i'll stand up there it and is learn has it too yeah but we have the new florida mayhem jackets <laughs> um so the player jackets that everybody seems to want they actually had them on sale which doesn't even seem like was a thing at any of the homestands so far like so yeah. big kudos for florida for even making that um available. that was available to us um I was really grateful to get it. I was able to get a pair of the um the the player' sweatpants as well. I'm not wearing them right now because I have to go to work after this.
0: but <laughs> right. No, and these are really nice jackets, honestly. I wasn't sure what to expect from them, but mm-hmm. um, I used to have the yellow one. I liked it a lot. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to snag, but it was really comfortable. This is real comfortable, mm-hmm. too. It's nice and soft on the inside. It's yes. Pretty feels pretty well made, but it's like
1: lightweight too. Yeah. It's like it keeps you warm, but it also like lets you breathe at the same time.
0: So it's nice. I recommend it once they finally become available it, on sale. I felt comfortable. Yeah, um, once they finally become available online, I recommend them. I've been tweeting at everybody from the Mayhem team who has one and been like, "Sell me your jacket." Mm-hmm. And and then Howler was able to get me one at the homestand. Yeah, while, while I was working. I'm pretty sure they're going to have the jackets. And I was like, they do have the jackets. It was nice. It's awesome.
1: And they were 25% off.
0: Yeah, they feel really it's good. nice
1: because these jackets are not cheap.
0: No. So <laughs> they're really slick. Thanks, guys, for making those available to us. Thanks, Chaos Crew, for putting on those and thanks for watch parties. As
1: always. Or not homestand, but watch party, as always.
0: Yeah, always a good time. Always a good time. <clears throat> so that's all of our time that we have today. Thanks a bunch for tuning in. Big thank you to Popped Off. They support us and assist us in many ways. They uh, help us be online and on the various podcasting platforms. Without them, you could not be listening to us right now. If you're listening, um, and we're on their, they host us on their YouTube channel. So you wouldn't be watching us here either. You would be watching us from our own lowly two subscriber YouTube channel, which doesn't look nearly as good. They're very good at this, and I'm real, <laughs> real glad to be part of them. Uh, remember that we are available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, all the various podcasting platforms. Make sure you follow us on socials um, and subscribe to us. Uh, it, you know, we're we're doing this for fun. This is a hobby for us, but um, we do this for the people who are listening as well. And so, when you subscribe, and we see another little person who wanted to be a part of that, it feels good, and we feel like we're doing something that matters to the Overwatch community. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, thanks once again for tuning in. I'm Alurmore. I'm Haller. And we'll see you next week.